<laughs> Hallelujah. Why don't we pray and give God praise before we get into the word. Amen. Father, we just praise you right now. And we thank you for the word of God. Thank you for giving us and preserving your word, your truths, so that we would discover and find them and really live. Thank you, Father, that abundant life belongs to us. And the word of God, these scriptures, these promises, show us how to walk in that. Show us how to have success in all of our life. And so, Father, we just bless you right now and we thank you for the anointing that's on the word. We believe that as it is planted in the hearts of the people tonight, faith comes. We're looking for it. We're expecting a harvest of faith and revelation to come to us tonight through the word of God. And we give you praise and thanksgiving for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. I think I'm looking at a victory bunch out here. Hallelujah. I said a victorious bunch out here. Glory to God. I tell you what, it's good to have victory. Not a whole lot of people talking about victory today. But you know what? In Jesus Christ, you have been given the victory. The Bible says He always... Oh, come on now. I know it's Wednesday night, but we serve a risen Savior. We serve a Jesus that always causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you for the victory. We thank you for the victory. We thank you for the victory in Jesus. Thank you for the triumph, the overcoming faith that we have. We give you praise tonight and glory for it in Jesus' name. Just say, I've got the victory. I said, I've got the victory. Think about that thing that's been looming over you and just speak to it and say, I've got the victory. Hallelujah. You know, problems can do that. Bills can do that. Circumstances that look like they can't be changed can do that. you got to learn to speak to things. Amen. Jesus spoke to things. He spoke to the fig tree. Cursed it. Said he cursed it. And it changed. Hallelujah. There's authority in your mouth. There's authority in your words. Speak to those things. Speak the word. And I tell you what, it's just so good to meditate and think about the fact that he always causes us to win. Always causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. We serve a good God. I said we serve a good God. Amen. Amen. Did you bring your Bible tonight? Amen. Go over to Matthew chapter 12, if you would. And we'll just dive in here. Hallelujah. I'm going to just share some scriptures tonight. We'll just kind of see where we go. I don't think I'll keep you that long. But um, I want to talk a little bit about guarding and keeping your heart. The Lord started uh, ministering to some things to me when I was on vacation. <laughs> and so I've just been kind of holding these things uh, in my heart just and just just seeing the things that are happening in the world around us, there's a lot of things that are trying to get in our hearts. There's a lot of push and shove and pull at us, you know, towards fear and towards worry and towards anxiety and just towards all different kinds of things, even, even things like hate and, and division and all kinds of things. But listen, we've got to understand the importance of our heart. We have to know why our heart is important and why it's important for us to guard our heart with all diligence or all vigilance. It's not something that we're just kind of ho-hum about. We got to set a guard and keep a guard. I said we got to set a guard 
and we got to keep a guard and we got to protect that that inner part of us because listen we live from our heart this this verse here i know y'all are over in matthew but i'm going to read proverbs 4:23 from the amplified classic you know this is kind of like the uh the common text you know that preachers go to when they talk about guarding your heart but this is just so good Uh, We'll put it on the screen. Proverbs 4.23 in the Amplified Classic. It says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard. For out of it flows. I just love that. Out of the heart flows the springs of life. Hallelujah. Life is flowing out of us. You know, that that scripture, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. His life is flowing out of us in this hour. Hallelujah. You know, everywhere you go, you're bringing the way. Everywhere you go, you're bringing the truth. Everywhere you go, you're bringing God's life. Hallelujah. And I, I, I kind of like to say it this way. We're kind of in, in high output mode. You know what I mean? We're, we're really giving a lot of ourselves, spiritually speaking. We're, 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 I think of the mind and of the understanding that we're living in the last days. I think most people here get that because we talk about that a lot. But, you know, we're, we're praying. We're, we're, we understand we're the remnant church. We're standing in our faith. We're believing for certain things. We're evangelizing. We're encouraging people. We're praying with people. I mean, we're giving out, giving out, giving out, giving out, giving out. And so we have to protect that part of us that it doesn't get misdirected because that's what the enemy would love to do is misdirect your heart by the influences. See, there's unseen influences out there. You can't see them with the natural eye, but they, 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 they exist in that dimension where we don't see. And they work on us through situations. They're working on us through people. These influences. To come and misdirect and influence our heart in different directions other than the direction of the will of God. And so we have to resist the devil. That's what you got to do. You got to resist those influences. And the Bible says that they have to flee. But I just want to talk a little bit about guarding the heart and protecting our heart because it's so important. We need every Christian flowing, 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 flowing out of their hearts. We need every believer, hallelujah, to be flowing in the plan and the will of God for their life. Amen. So I'm going to just look at some scriptures tonight, uh, if we could, just some truths. Um, go, you're over in Matthew chapter 12. Just, just, just stay right there. Um, I want to just read to you from... Um, well, I'll read to you from Matthew. We'll just, we'll go there. Um, we live from our heart. You know, everything we do for God, everything we do in life, whether we really understand it or not, our heart is motivating that. And so that's why the enemy targets that part of you is because if he can get a hold of that part of you, it affects what you value. It affects what you do, and it can affect what you say. You live from that place. Your heart is why you say what you say. Your heart is why you do the things you do. Your heart is why you value the things that you value. Let me just read to you Matthew 12, 34. It says, O generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of what? The heart the mouth speaketh. Let me just read this to you out of a a couple of other translations. Can we put that first slide up there? The Amplified Classic says, for out of the fullness 
or out of the overflow, the superabundance. I love that. Out of the superabundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The CEB says what fills the heart comes out of the mouth. See, that's why you've got to watch today, especially, you know, we're in a different uh, kind of generation. We've got social media just 24-7. You can wake up in the middle of the night, grab your phone. How many's done that before? And just, you know, see the latest report out on something or read the latest thing that's happened or, you know, 24-7, you know, news. No other generation has had these things. And I don't think that we understand that these things are going into us. We're feeling, you know, like filling a cup. And most Christians give themselves to those things and fill up on those things more than they're filling up on the word. But see, out of that filling comes words. I love that. It says what fills the heart comes out of the mouth. That's why we need to fill up. Say fill up. Fill up on the word of God. Hallelujah. I mean, get your Bible out. You need to be a daily Bible reader. Hello? You need to be a daily Bible reader. You need to be a person that daily fellowships and spends time with the Father, praying in the Spirit, praying in your understanding, listening to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because your words are so important. Whatever's going into your heart is what's going to be coming out of your mouth. What's in your heart determines your words. It goes on to say in the NIRV, it says, Your mouths say everything that is in your hearts. So, <laughs> so what's in your heart determines what you say. Your, what, your, your, your heart determines what you say. Um, Matthew 6, 21, you don't have to go over there for time's sake. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Whatever you value on the inside is what is going to show on the outside. Your heart is why you value the things that you value. Let me read this to you. We could put that second slide up there if you want. This is Matthew 6, 21 in the Passion. It says, for your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. I mean, that's just so plain to me that your heart is what determines what you value in life. Have you ever seen people before and you just look at them and you think, Gosh, you know, why don't they, why don't they esteem or, or put any importance on the things of God? Like, why don't, you know, why don't they, why don't they see, you know, what's important in life? You got people that don't even value, you know, family. Don't even value their parents. You know what I mean? I, we, we, we had the, the pleasure, it really was a pleasure of, of, um, of doing the ceremony, the funeral, the actually better word would be celebration of life or hallelujah send-off for, you know, Brother Floyd Heldorn, who he was 94. And, I mean, he just decided to go. So don't be sad for Brother Floyd. He, he didn't, sickness didn't take him out. Sickness didn't take him out. He just said, I am ready to go. In fact, he told me, he said, if you don't get over here to say goodbye to me, you're going to miss out because I'm getting out of here. And so I went and saw him on a Thursday, and he passed away on a Friday. So I got there just in the nick of time to see him. But, you know, I was so blessed. You know, that family, um, for the last two years, seven children, he was never alone for the last two years. All of, those, all of those children, in fact, two of them lived out of state, and they would fly into California to take a week and be with their dad, and they did that every seven weeks. And, I mean, I was thinking, you know, you've got some families that, you know, the kids, once, 
you know, their parents get up in age, you know, they don't have anything to do with them. Or I tell you the part that really gets me. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but we'll just talk about it. You know, you have people that spend their entire lives working and accumulating, you know, money for, you know, an inheritance or, or whatever. And then maybe they get up in age, you know, towards the end of their life and they need maybe some help. They need some help hired, you know, to help them out because they're, you know, they're up in age and their bodies are weak. And you've got adult children that won't even dip into that money to take care of them because they don't want to lose any of their inheritance. And you think, what is wrong with you? Have you ever thought about, like, what is wrong with you? The problem is, is that people don't value the right things. You've got Christians today that don't even value the right thing. Their heart's not in the right things. And, you know, we're all in this world. There's all kinds of influences. You know, that's a, that's a result of really selfishness. Did you know that that is one of the things that we will see prevalent in the end times is that people will be self-seeking, people will be selfish, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I think it's good to hear sometimes that these are things that influence our heart. And we have to really rely on the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to even help us to know what's valuable today because this world sure ain't going to teach it to you. This world has no clue as to what's important. This world has no idea what is of real value. And so the Word of God will teach it to us. The Holy Spirit will teach it to us. And I was, I was thinking about this today. Um, put that scripture up there, Philippians, if you wouldn't mind. This was a prayer. This is one of my favorite uh, prayers in the Bible. Paul prayed this for the church. And I, you know, in light of what we're talking about and in light of, you know, just the world and just how um, demoralizing it is and just how ignorant the world is and the influence that it can have on us, this is a good prayer to pray over our own lives. This prayer right here in Philippians 1.10 in the Amplified Classic this was his prayer. He said, so that you may surely learn to sense. Now, this is important. That's talking about a spiritual perception. You need to walk with God, folks. You need a spiritual life. Why? Because it's easy to be very unperceiving in today's world. You see it with people. You see it with Christians that don't have a clue about evil spirits at work. and they're in, I won't go off on that, but what I'm saying is this. We need to sense, this was his prayer, so that you may surely sense, learn to sense, look, what is vital and approve and prize what is excellent and look at this, and of real value. Don't you love that? The Holy Spirit, that's a prayer that you can pray. Holy Spirit, help me to see what's really valuable. Reveal that to my heart. Show that to my heart what's really important in life. Let, I want you to shape my value system. I want you to shape what I prize and esteem. Help me through the word of God to see what's really important. Hallelujah. I just think that's powerful. A powerful scripture, a powerful prayer to pray over your life that, Lord, help me to know what to value. But your heart is why you value what you value. It's what's in your heart. It's what's in your heart. And I tell you, some people need to want to change their values. 
Some people see it, but they don't want to change. They don't have the want to. But I'm telling you, there are consequences to rejecting truth. I'm not scolding y'all tonight. I just, this is just really burning in me that people are making wrong choices about things like this and it's costing them. It's costing them that next generation in their household that won't serve God because they didn't know what to value or they didn't want to value it. Praise the Lord. It's better than your amen and but anyway. Go to Judges 16. And we're going we're gonna to get into something. I, re, I need to move on. But the heart is why we do what we do. We're going to look a little bit at Samson <laughs> tonight. Um, I'm going to jump around, but you can just stay there in Judges uh, 16. But in Judges 16 and 18, I think all of us probably remember the story of Samson and Delilah. It's made it into some of the secular songs. I mean, it's just, you know, a really, really popular story in the Bible. You know, Samson had a secret. He had a secret. I mean, he was strong. He could overpower city gates. I mean, he was, he was a wonder. He was awesome to watch in action. And nobody could overpower him and nobody could overthrow him. I mean, you know, multitudes of people would come try to get him and he'd beat them all up. And, and they were trying to figure out the secret of his strength. And he ended up giving the secret away. Gave out that secret. Why? Because he gave his heart to the wrong thing. His heart was influenced and it affected what he did. It affected what he did. It says here in Judges 16 and 18, it says, And when Delilah saw that he had told her all of his heart. You know, I think we need to make mention of this in our in our you know, church circles here that wrong influences are out there and they're trying to get a hold of people's hearts. You know, maybe not you, but believe me, the minute you think you're too mature, you're too spiritually mature for something like that, or, you know, I could never fall. You are now a prime target. I'm telling you. There's a humility that we need to have in our lives, and that is we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit's help. We need to recognize that uh, we need to make wise choices in life. None of us are immune from influence. I know a lot of ministries that are no longer here today because they thought they were immune to wrong influences and they found out they weren't. And it was too late to salvage, you know, tremendous ministries, miracles, signs, and wonders ministries. You understand what I'm saying? So there's a, to me, I think these, preaching these kinds of messages sobers us up into recognizing that we really need to be on our guard. We need to resist things that we know are not right. We need to resist people that the devil sends. Because, you know, the thing about, the thing about Samson, I love this about the Bible. It's honest. I love... Um, character studies in the Bible where you take like Joseph and you, you study him. You study his life. Joseph was a success story. Right? Uh, Joshua. You take him. You study his life. 
It's amazing. You get inspired. You know, you're inspired to, you know, live by faith and be courageous. He was a success story. But Samson wasn't. But the Bible's honest about it. That he allowed wrong things. He allowed wrong things to come in and influence his life. And it, it changed his outcome. He, you got to think about this. We, we will never know. Maybe we'll find out when we get to heaven, but it might be irrelevant. Because I'm one of those people, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask this and I'm going to ask that. Probably when I get to heaven, I'm going to forget my list. You know what I mean? Because it won't even matter anymore. But, you know, Sam, what, what, a, what a remarkable thing that happened in his life that he had this strength as long as nobody cut his hair. What did God have in mind for his life? We'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know the destiny that God had for him. Isn't that interesting? The rich young ruler is another one. I mean, he, he came to Jesus. The problem was something had his heart. His money. Money robbed him of a destiny that God had for his life. It changed what he ended up doing. He didn't follow Jesus. So we'll never know what God intended for his life. Do you know how to follow God for your life? Do you want to know how to follow God for your life? You let him direct your heart. You let him have your heart. There, there's a scripture. Just, just stay there in, in um, Judges. I'm kind of all over the place, but it's all right. 2 Thessalonians 3, 5. Just, just put that on the screen. Just stay there in Judges. Is this okay tonight? Hallelujah. Um, 2 Thessalonians 3, 5. I love this scripture right here. And it says, and the Lord direct your hearts. I love that phrase right there. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. See, God wants to direct your heart. See, whatever direction your heart is, is towards is the direction you're going to go. There, there's, a, there's a pull. You know what I mean? When your heart is towards God, there's a pull towards the will and the plan of God for your life. And what the devil wants to do is he wants to worm his way in there with something else and get your heart redirected towards something else. It could be it can be something like just making money. Do you know how how many people are obsessed with just making money? They do things they hate. They have jobs they hate. But their goal or their obsession or what has their heart is just making money, making money, making money. And they're miserable. But they got a lot of money. It could be anything. And so we have to let God direct our hearts and lead us into the plan. I mean, this is just amazing. God has a plan for us. Not just thoughts. I was thinking about that scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Oh, isn't that wonderful? The Lord has thoughts about me. Well, yes, he does, but read on. He has a plan. A plan. A plan for our life. He had a plan for Samson's life. He had a 
plan for David's life. He had a plan for Joseph's life. And some people end up walking in that plan and some don't. What happens? Something gets in there and misdirects their heart. And so we have to watch these influences around us in this world so that we allow God to direct us. We allow God to pull us in the direction that he wants us to go. And we don't give our hearts over to these carnal, non-important. You know, I've... I'm going to get in trouble, but I'm going to say it. I love, you know, some of the motivational success preaching. It's some, you know, it's good. You know, if you can dream it, you can do it. You know, that kind of stuff. But not really. Maybe just because you can dream it, maybe you shouldn't do it. Because where's God in the mix of this? That's what I want to know. Does that make it? Listen, you follow the will of God for your life, you will be successful. You will be so happy, you'll want to skip around the room like a weirdo. You know what I mean? I'm so happy. You know what I mean? That I could just act like a dork about it. I'm so happy to be in the will of God. And maybe what I'm doing looks successful to some and maybe to others it don't. But I really don't care. (laughs) Because I'm completely certain that I'm doing exactly what God's called me to do and I'm where God's called me to be. You know what I'm saying? But could something come along and influence my heart to something else? Yes. And that's what I'm talking about tonight. We've got to just guard ourselves from these influences because Samson didn't. Let let me just go back over there to Judges. I'm all over the place, but it's all right. Where am I? Judges 16. Let's just start with verse 1, and I'll try to get you out of here in a little bit. You enjoying this? I, I love preaching about people in the Bible. I learn so much. You learn a lot here about Samson. It says, Then went Samson to Gaza and saw there a harlot and went in to her. Now, this is a, a, something that a lot of Christians don't like, but I'm going to say it. The people that you surround yourself with, the people that you build relationships with and fellowship with, that matters because they influence you. Not everyone is sent by the Lord. The L-A-R-D, the Lord. It's the truth. And I don't care whether you want to admit it or not, you can be influenced. I have seen, this is how powerful influence is. I know people that never had problems. I'm talking like they were like 55 years old or something. Never had any problem like with, you know, drinking alcohol or anything like that. They get around one person. Who has that problem and all of a sudden they turn into an alcoholic. or gambling, or cussing. It it can be right down to where they eat their dinner. You got people that never ate at Del Taco a day in their life until they started hanging out with somebody (laughs) that loves Del Taco. Come on. 
And then all of a sudden, it's Del Taco Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then Del Taco friend moves halfway across the country, and then that person never eats at Del Taco again. They never darken the door. Why? Because the influence has left. People get around me and start talking like they're from Oklahoma. They're no more from Oklahoma than I'm from New York. It's influence. It happens even in little things like that, but I'm telling you spiritually it happens in that arena too. Praise the Lord. And so you have to, this is, this is where we need to get at you know, he had a choice right here. When he saw her, he had a choice. The problem was he liked the world. He really did. He liked being around worldly people. He liked being around people that served other gods. And it influenced him and changed his destiny. Praise the Lord. Choose wisely. Because I know there's a lot of people that are in situations like, you know, uh, you know, we pastor, we see different situations. There's people that, um, you know, they're not saved and they get married to somebody that's not saved. But then, you know, five years later, they get born again and they're renewing their mind to the word, and, but their spouse isn't. And so they're in a situation that they can't change, but yet they recognize the influence, I'm just being honest, from that spouse and the way they think and the way they see life sometimes can hold them back in some things or they have to work even harder at being really strong in the word. You understand what I'm saying? But they can't do anything about it except believe God for you know their spouse to get born again and to get their mind renewed. So what I'm saying is, is when you can choose... Choose the influences around you wisely. When you turn off that news that just wants to pump a bunch of fear in you, you're choosing wisely. When you get off the phone with people that try to speak defeat and death over you, you're choosing wisely. Some people, you've got to love them from a distance. And it doesn't mean that you don't love them. You do, but you recognize their influence in your life isn't helping you. Praise the Lord. Go down to verse 16. So now, or no, go to verse 4, I'm sorry. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Delilah sent by the devil. And he didn't even, thing is, he didn't even have enough perception about him to recognize that she didn't love him. See, that's why you need to walk with the Lord. People be using you and you don't even recognize it. She was just, she was trying to find out this secret so she could get paid. He got played. She got paid. That's what happened. Devil played him, but she got paid. And it says in verse 16, it says, And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with the, her words, and she urged him. See that influence? So that his soul was vexed unto death. See, this influence got the best of him. And he told her all of his heart. What happened was he got to a place when he was no longer guarding. He got to a place where he was no longer protecting. I don't know who this is for, but I'm going to tell you, you guard that heart of yours. You protect the will of God for your life. It's awfully quiet in here. He told her all of his heart, and he said unto her, There has not come a razor upon my head, for I've been a Nazarite unto God 
from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw, this is it. Because he lied to her before. When she saw that he had told her all of his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he has showed me all of his heart. And then the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money. Show me the money, show me the money. And she made him sleep on her knees, and she called for a man and caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out at as at other times before and I will shake myself see he thinks it's going to just be like it was every other time before when he had the strength and he wist not that the Lord was departed from him he was so influenced that he didn't even recognize the change listen what we're doing in this last stretch is so valuable I mean, I was talking to some other day. I said, we made it to the last days. This is amazing to me. This is amazing to me. But I'm telling you, the devil's pulling out all the stops. Discouragement, sickness, and this stuff right here. This stuff right here. The devil sending wrong people Wrong situations, wrong opportunities, all those things. Why? To bring influence, to get people away from the will of God. But I thank God that we have a helper. We have the Holy Spirit who helps our eyes to see. Hallelujah. He helps our eyes to recognize things. Can I read a, a, a scripture to you? And we'll end We'll end with this over in Ephesians 1 and verse 15. You know, we, we, we looked at that verse earlier, you know, where Paul prayed for the church that they would recognize what is of real value. You know, I want to encourage you in your prayer time to pray that scripture and this scripture over your heart. You know, we really can change things. Hallelujah. In, in what we're perceiving and what we're seeing by us just releasing faith for this. That God would help us in this time. You know, just, just discouragement is an influence. Fear is an influence. Hate is an influence. I mean, there's people that, well, I just hate them. Well, <laughs> my goodness. Don't give yourself over to that. That's not the right spirit. We can hate what somebody stands for. I do. I hate unrighteousness. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I mean, I'll tell you I hate it. I sure don't love it. You know, I'm surely not going to stand for it and support it. So you get a holy hush about that stuff. Why do you get a holy hush about that in church? Hallelujah, we are people of righteousness. Glory to God, it's what we stand for, it's what we believe in. For people that are confused about that, but praise the Lord. But this is a good scripture to pray over your heart. Ephesians 1, 15, it says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So this is a prayer that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit causes my spiritual eyes to see. If something's tugging at me, pulling at me, distracting me, misdirecting me, leading me in a wrong direction, 
Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of me will cause me to recognize that so that the Lord can direct my heart into peace. The Lord can direct my heart into faith. The Lord can direct my heart into what's right. Hallelujah. There's another scripture that we can pray. I love this in Psalms 19 and 14. I'm going to end with this. But this is a prayer. It says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. See, the Holy Spirit will help you in what you value. The Holy Spirit will help you in, in your standards. I tell you, the church needs a revelation as to what God's standards are. Do, do you know that you can pray, God, help me to make my standards your standards? Not the other way around. Well, we're going to bring God's standards down and, and exalt ours. That's what the world's doing. That's what the world is doing. But praise God for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. You know, we can pray that over our children. Lord, help our children in this crazy, confused world to know your word and to know your standards to know righteousness, to know what is pleasing in your eyes, to know what, what is right in the, in the sight of the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, we got to protect our heart. And we have the Word to help us. We have the Holy Spirit to help us. He, I love that. He will direct our hearts. But we have to guard Amen. And we have to resist the devil. When we, when we recognize that something is a wrong influence, you need to speak to that thing and you need to say, in the name of Jesus, I resist you. Listen, as a parent, I would always know when wrong influences would get around my kids. It was always wrong friends that the devil would try to send. You know what I would do? I would pray them away. I would. I'd pray them right out of their life. I would. Why? Because it's so important. It's so, the influence on your heart is so important. And I tell you, we live in this world, but the Holy Spirit can help us to recognize that's influencing you. That's bringing fear. That's bringing worry. That's bringing anxiety. That's, that's, that's pulling you in another direction. Let him help you. He's, there, he's here to help us. Aren't you glad for that? We're not here by ourselves. He helps us every single day. Amen. Did you get something out of that tonight? Why don't we just praise God and thank God for the help of the Holy Spirit. Father, we just praise you. And we thank you tonight for the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Lord, that there's a guard over our hearts. Glory to God. Oh, that, that the Holy Spirit would give us revelation. We need that. And Lord, we pray that even over people in our lives that, that don't get it, that their, their value system's all messed up. They're not seeing what's important. They're not seeing the importance of spiritual things or the things of God. God, we pray that they have a revelation, that their eyes see it. They see it and they know it on the inside, the right direction. And we thank you today for doing that because we're so frustrated with some people. But Holy Spirit, you're there. You're there to reveal and to bring wisdom and to help them to recognize what's really valuable. You're there to help them recognize the direction that their heart needs to go in. And Father, we just, we just thank you that you give, us, you give us that discernment over our lives as to, as to how to shut out 
those wrong influences. There's influences that want to pull us in all different directions. But God, I thank you that you give us the wisdom to know what to yield to and to know what to resist. And we just thank you today for the help that you give through the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. If you're here tonight and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to, could you just lift up your hand? Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Anybody? If you're watching online, would you, if you want to receive Jesus as your personal Savior, could you just pray this prayer with me? And I want to encourage you, don't wait another day. Don't wait another day. We're in the last days. We're in the last of the last days. Jesus could come at any moment. You want to be right with God. And the only way to do that is through calling on the name of Jesus to save you. And He will. He will in no wise cast you out. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you and I receive Jesus as the Lord of my life. I declare Him as Lord. I declare Him as my Savior and my Redeemer. Thank you that the blood of Jesus washes me, makes me clean, makes me holy, makes me righteous. The precious blood of Jesus makes me right with you, God. Thank you that I am forgiven and all my sin has been washed away and I'm a brand new person in Christ Jesus. Thank you for saving me. I know that I belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, reach out to us. Let us know. We want to rejoice with you. And we want to help you and pray for you and give you materials.